right, so we are officially out of our teenage years. We are at episode 20. Oh, wow. Here on the uh, Balcony Chatter podcast. Almost 21, almost legal drinking age. Dang. Um, we hit that 18 mark a little bit, obviously, a couple episodes ago. But when we hit 21, that's when it really starts getting good. Yep. Then we're sponsored by Bud Light. Yep. We are officially sponsored by uh, Post Malone and Bud Light. Yes. He becomes our mayor. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... So it's been, this will be uh, two weeks since our last episode. And in that time, you know, obviously we've been dealing with a lot of the COVID stuff, but there's also some other things going on in the in the current, you know, world right now. Um, we unfortunately had some police brutality incidents that um, shouldn't have happened, but sparked something that is very great so far. Um, we, we here on balcony chatter, we don't really tend to get into a lot of, um, political stuff or very serious stuff because we like to keep it lighthearted. We like to have a good time. Um, but this is something that's very important and that we both kind of, uh, feel very strongly about. Definitely. And, uh, you know, like Andrew said, we're going to keep our, our ultimate, like our politics to ourselves. But with that, I do want to point out something that I think we both believe. And I think a great thing that we've seen from all of this, no matter what side you stand on, I think it's really nice to see just athletes standing up for human rights. Um, Definitely. And I, I don't believe athletes should keep it off their platform. That is their platform. It's, there's no find another platform. And, uh, you know, one of the memes going around when, when like, doing it on the court wasn't enough and doing it this way and doing it that way and doing it all these ways wasn't enough. Like, what what is the right way to protest? There isn't one. And they should. you should obviously, if you're going to make a stand, you should make it when the most eyes are on you. So I just I want to applaud athletes just across all forms of sports uh, for taking a, you know, just making their voices known because, you know, they have an impact and their, their voices definitely do matter. Ours on this podcast, not as much. We have opinions, but we're going to keep <laughs> them pretty clean out of here. We're just, uh, you know, it's been a very tough, tough two weeks for the country. It's honestly in ways for me, it's felt like years. Um, and it's weird to even think about talking about sports and there's a, still a long way to go in a lot of areas of the country and so on and so forth. But for me and Andrew, what we, we just wanted to acknowledge some of the cool things that came out of it through Boston athletes and also shed some light on some of the maybe negative things in Boston sports that have come out of it as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I you know, I guess we can start with, I mean, I, I completely applaud everything that Jalen Brown has been doing. Um, Enos was out there at the protests and stuff, uh, doing some really cool stuff. I mean, you got to think that this is something that they are truly passionate about for sure. But what they're doing is bringing a lot of these, they have so many young fans that look up to them and want to be like them and want to, and they look to them for certain opinions, you know? So it's, it's great that they have these role models to be able to look up to that really are putting their heart into all of this and really just standing up for what they believe in and, and, I hope that that reaches a lot of people and I hope that a lot of people take that, um, you know, to heart and really see what, what they have to go through and also see how they're going about, um, their protests. And, and I mean, everything has been so, so civil on their end and has been so, um, 
for a purpose. It's not just for, uh, unfortunately, on the internet, it, with it being such a terrible place at times, you see a lot of people uh, doing things for views and for likes, and that's that's not the right way to go about it. No, the virtual signaling is gross. Uh, the most we all can do as, uh, you know, as they say, white allies is just listen and, and shut up. And I'm just seeing a lot of white people telling what other white people how to act and uh that that stuff's unfortunate i think it's just just learning that we we all there's a whole conversation to be had i think with Jalen coming forward and a lot of other people coming forward you know they look like examples of see you can be successful and when you actually sit and listen to how hard it was for them when you hear the story about how alan iverson uh got arrested on some crazy like not even proved charges and he was maybe going to go away for I don't know, it was either a decade or something. We never, we almost never had Allen Iverson except he was pardoned by the governor who was also black and that may be the only reason he was ever even pardoned. You know, there's just, there's, there's issues all over the country and I think, I, you know, we're not going to get very political about it but I do believe that, you know, it's a lot harder to be black in America than it is white and I think, I, I don't know how that is because I'm not black but I'm here to listen and I I, I want to listen and I just, I want to hear it from the, you want to hear it from the success stories. Cause and, if you, when you hear it from there, then you know it doesn't trickle down in a positive manner. And that's how yeah. I think we can see, that's how I think we can start to glimpse into seeing how fundamentally as a society we could be better. And we really definitely recommend reading up and learning things and watching things and, and trying to, you know, it's not always about, you know, maybe you can't afford to donate to a good cause or anything like that. And, and that's not always a huge problem, but learning and, and educating yourself is something that a lot of people can do for free. And Absolutely. it's something that, that is very important because you don't know, nobody knows everything. Even and, when and I open my, my Netflix now, they've pulled right. this whole black Lives matter collection, I think is what they called it or black history collection. And that's yeah. what opens first. And outside of that, it tells something that you can learn. It's fabulous. Some of it's some, like, you know, I think Ava DuVernay's uh, series is on there, 13. Like, it's fantastic storytelling as well. Like, just great content, nonetheless. No, right. Not great subject matter, but fantastically executed. So, I mean, educating yourself is, is a huge part of this entire thing. I mean, maybe, unfortunately, you were... Uh, around this kind of stuff when you were younger and it, it doesn't mean that that's the person that you have to be or that's the person that you have to continue to be or you know if you were to have kids it's not something that you would pass down to them you know that's just just educating yourself and and being able to know what what is going on out there and what you can do to help is super super important yeah and I think a line of that uh, that is really important is that don't be afraid to be wrong. Don't be afraid to change and have change. Like, don't be afraid of the idea that you were wrong once and can't be right later or can't learn or can't grow. We should always yep. all be open to learning and growing outside of just hearing out our fellow Americans. Uh, yeah. You know, we should always be able to adapt and grow and not be ashamed of that. And I think that's another side of just, I don't know. I don't know if it's human culture, like human nature or whatever, we're like afraid to be wrong, afraid to look dumb or anything, so we won't back down 
on what we initially believe. And I think we all have to drop that. And in the contrary, that's my slight issue with cancel culture. It's just like, if you're stubbing out someone's opportunity for growth, you're not giving them the opportunity to ever be on your side. And you're just pushing them to where you want them to be. Granted, I think there's plenty of people who deserve a good lifelong canceling. But I think there's some that, you know, they can be brought to the good side. Yeah, and I think it also, I mean, that's a whole nother topic to talk about. Um, It's just, it's a very fine line on certain circumstances of where when people get canceled or what. I mean, most of the time I would say, actually I shouldn't say most of the time, but a, a good amount of the time people deserve it yeah but it it just it's so different it's case to case and it most of the time that the the stuff that's being brought up is stuff that needs to be addressed yeah but is it worthy of being canceled i don't know you know i'm not i'm not the judge of that no but i think we can all grow and i think we can all learn no matter what it's about and uh i think we should all realize that during this time with with all this being said i mean it does really help again that that these athletes are being so um, outspoken about all of this stuff. And you go back to not just the Jalen Browns and those guys that are out there, but you look at people like Bergeron, for instance, if we're talking Boston still. I mean, he put out a great statement the other day. He put his money where his mouth was, and that isn't enough for him. He he is out there um, learning and wanting to learn, and he's always been that kind of player and that kind of person. And I definitely applaud him for that. Um he's really setting a very good example for again the youth that are looking up to him and players that might not know a lot about what's or sorry not players but fans and people that might not know a lot about what's going on if they're younger and it just it really does set a good example and you have chara out there during the protest not doing it for any reason other than wanting to be there to support the people that are doing it and so when i see that and then i see the Celtics players out there, and I see any basketball players, I see any major sports athletes who now have a schedule laid down before them where there is a future and their seasons will resume and so on and so forth. you got to think every, every decision anyone makes is risk and reward. And for them, it was more rewarding to be out there and stand for human rights than it was to risk getting a COVID and maybe risk being part of your team for the playoffs. And I think that was honestly beautiful. It was saying no to capitalism in its own weird way. They stood up for the right thing and it didn't matter. And, and then there's people who just don't feel comfortable with the pandemic and that's okay. And I'm not saying this was Bergeron, but like donating and still being a part of the conversation and a part of the cause, it's just proof that we can all do something. And I just think I, I look up to like Chara and obviously Jalen and Enos just being out there and like the way Enos did it too, or and Enos and Jalen specifically were like organizing and like just trying to be with people and be around people, not just like make an appearance. Not that anyone really stands out as someone who did that, but it's just like it was it was it was for humanity at the end of the day. Money didn't matter. The future, nothing mattered but human beings and human rights, and I, I thought that was so pure. I agree, and, and I'm really upset that it uh, it has gotten to this point i mean obviously this this shouldn't have this shouldn't be where we're at right now no we are so far past we should be so far past this yeah i agree it's just it's just not right but the fact that everybody's coming together um to prove that it's it's not everyone that feels this way 
It's not everyone that feels this hatred is what I mean. Right. I mean, there's so many people. You look at these videos during a pandemic of the the peaceful protests that are out there. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're not going to talk about the riots and that kind of stuff because it's not the people that are out there to do to prove a point. Right. But you look at all these videos during a pandemic and it's like Texas or California and there's tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people supporting other people because that's the way that it should be. And it, it doesn't matter if they're if they're a pro athlete, if they're a celebrity, if they're it, th- not to mention this isn't just th- this is all sparking because of something that happened in the United States. This is happening all over the world now. Yeah. These protests are happening all over the world. People are yelling George Floyd in Sydney and Berlin in right. London. Uh, I, th- I think there was something. Uh, well, honestly, I heard something in India. I don't know. It, it's just they've been all over the country. I mean, the, yep. the world. It's a, you know, it's it's the spark that moved the world. And, um, you know, it's it's nice to see the fire is still burning. And it obviously has shown there is a long way to go. Yep. Um, but it, it also, you know, going back kind of to what we do here, talking about sports a little bit, it's nice that, again, I wish it didn't get to this point before things were changing, but um, you had a bunch of hockey players start a new, um, what they're calling the Hockey Diversity Alliance. So it's like Evander Kane and Wayne Simmons and uh, Matt Dumba and a handful of other players, Chris Stewart, um, that they all started this this kind of alliance for hockey diversity because they have talked in the past about there have been racial slurs or whatever and this has happened in many sports but this is something that they're trying to f- to fix and they're trying to make it so that uh, look I mean you and I hockey's for everybody that's that's what they say and it's it should be that way I don't care who the person is like if they want to play hockey, if they want to play baseball, basketball, football, they should be able to do that. Yeah. What does it matter? Right. And so, it's not easy for every family. Uh, you no. know, I grew up in New Hampshire, which is predominantly white, and most of my friends couldn't afford to play hockey. You know, just like you can imagine a lot of lower income cities around the nation can't do the same. And so, like, to start these alliances, which I'm sure will start from the ground level, to give everyone an opportunity. Or to give more, obviously everyone is a crazy word to say, but to give more and more people, especially people of color, an opportunity in these sports when we have these phenomenal athletes at that level. I mean, Evander Kane, how many times have we said we want him? Wayne Simmons, how many times have we said we want him in black and gold? Yeah. You know, it's just like these guys are premier players, and I'm sure there's a whole other world of premier players across the world who just don't get a shot. And so it's nice to have these alliances uh, just increase opportunity across the board. It's just going to make for better hockey. If you're a fan, like you can't hate this at all. It's just going to make for the best. You're finding the purest and the top and the most elite. That's all this is going to do in the end. Yep. And I, I know we mainly primarily talk about um, hockey and basketball here, but something that we, you know, being Boston sports fans have seen within the last few days are the comments made by uh, – Tory Hunter, yes. and I believe there was another player, but I could be wrong. I so remember I Andrew Jones it. once upon a time. I remember it was a thing like several years ago. He had he had said it, right? So they, they're claiming that there was a ton of racial slurs kind of thrown at them whenever they would play in Boston, and every every contract that Tory Hunter negotiated made sure that there was a no trade to Boston. 
because he didn't want to deal with that. Yeah, and this goes, and, then, and this is Tory Hunter a decade ago retiring, and that right. stems back to Bill Russell feeling unsafe in the city of Boston, not enjoying playing there. Our historic symbol, Bill Russell. Right, and so this well, is and a, this is this. It's just this shows a lack of change over a course of time. It 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 also it's funny that you say that because then there was a a thing I a video I watched today talking about Jim Rice and how he was you know second year player voted I mean obviously we know how his career ended at the at the end he's in the Hall of Fame but second year player voted you know high up there in the MVP of the league voting and he's getting racial slurs thrown at him from his home fans right. You know, like this, that that's not right. No, and and I will applaud the Red Sox for coming out and and making a statement about this Tory Hunter situation instead of just allowing it to either allowing it to go away. I'd give it better than that. I'd say it or, was it was a little better than just a statement. I'm not saying they've done enough about it by any means or anything like that. Right. But acknowledging it as real, and you can come out and make a statement that we're going to investigate and we're going to implement rules here and we're going to do better. But instead, they said that's real. And we're going to take this and, like, sit on it for a bit. And, like, I think that's how you do it. That's how you listen. That's how you learn. Don't do not do false actions immediately. Ta- like, take the hit. Acknowledge it. You know, it's, I mean, it's like addiction steps. It's like the first step is like, admitting or whatever. Like, so I, I, I respect that a lot. I have the statement here real quick, and I'll try to, try to read it as quickly as I can. Because I think that it, again, is, it's, it's important because they're not, they're not saying that it didn't happen. So what it says is Tory Hunter's experience is real. If you doubt him because you've never heard it yourself, take it from us that it happens. Last year, there were seven reported incidents at Fenway Park where fans used racial slurs, and these are just the ones that we know about. And it's not only players. It happens to the dedicated black employees who work for us on game days. Oof. Their uniforms may be different, but their voices and experiences are just as important. Exactly. Um, we are grateful to everyone who has spoken up and remain committed to using our platform to amplify the many voices who are calling out injustice. And there are, there are well-established uh, consequences for fans who use racial slurs and hate speech in our venue. And we know we have more work to do. And this small group of fans does not represent who we are, but are a rather a reflection of larger systematic issues that are that as an organization we need to address uh true change starts from within and we as we identify how we can do better please know we're listening we hear you and we believe you that's one of the best like most actually acknowledging and self-aware responses i've heard yet because again put put said, some money where your mouth is because you're the red right. sox organization put all that money you wouldn't give to mookie Betts into uh you know lower income building and the community and whatever like like put some money somewhere to acknowledge that but it, uh it's exactly what you said though they could have said you know Tory Hunter's alleged experiences we are going to look into this how are you going to look into it it happened 10 years ago however long ago it happened they know that this is something that happens and they are actively trying to to fix this right that does that mean that they're going to be able to stop every person no no, no. but but if like they get him and they know him, ban right. him. Get him out. There's no room for it. Acknowledging there's yep. no room for it is one of the first steps you can take. Yep. I love it. So I, I mean, I, I mean, I don't. I hate this whole, like, this whole part of this world. But it's real. We got to acknowledge it. Enough with it's over. Enough with there's no difference. Enough with uh, sports don't see color. Like that's that's all truly in ways in one way or another. 
you can find numerous ways that it's bullshit. That that right. that is a bullshit claim, and that is turning a blind eye. So the least we can do is listen. That's that's I just think my point, and I th- I think the Red Sox are setting an example, a pretty good one. But I think that's a pretty good example. But again, I'm saying that, and you know, we didn't even really acknowledge this because I guess it kind of goes without saying. We're we're two white males. We acknowledge that. We don't know. We don't have the answers. We're listening and we're learning and we're right. doing everything that we possibly can. We're just we just want to talk out loud about that because I guess just hearing sports athletes talk about that has made us feel like we should also talk about that. Normalize yeah. it. Normalize that this is what we're doing, but don't act like we're heroes because of it. So that's exactly why I I still I recommend and I I can't recommend enough that educate yourself, learn about things like this so that you can help other people and that, you know, maybe somebody has more information than you and they can help you out too. I mean, you can't, you can't do much if you don't know anything. If you have no education on any of this, I don't mean schooling. I mean like actually reading about what's going on in this world and what you can do to help. Again, you know, if you can donate to some of these great causes, awesome. That's great. But if you can't, then just learn about stuff, read about stuff, do things that you're able to do for free because it, it doesn't hurt. Yes, don't doubt based off your own experience, just like the Red Sox said. Don't, I'm paraphrasing, obviously. Don't doubt based off your own experience. Hear someone out. If you still right. think it's not an issue, then then talk about it with somebody who, I mean, don't bother someone about it, but, you know, just just listen. Just just listen. You, our, our own experiences are not are not the whole world out there, and, you know, everyone's path is much more different than I think we all tend to generalize and especially if you're a person of color in this country yeah i agree but i'm so glad that things are are you know we're, we're taking a step in the right direction it seems like i think so um it feels and, good and it feels it honestly feels hopeful it doesn't feel right uh it feels like the world is burning less in a way it feels like we're starting to put out the fire that we were ignoring yep I love that these hockey diversity alliances and things like that are popping up yeah. and that they're going to start becoming more prominent and people are going to start taking notice of what's going on. Yep. Um, it, it, it gives us, you know, it's very exciting knowing that hockey is coming back and having something like this that's starting to become implemented between players and, and, and fans will be able to know what's happening and, you know, it'll be something that they can look into to, to, um, learn more. I mean, there's a lot of players in the league that I hope um, have a part in this. I mean, I just named off a few, but you have a lot of other players like, for instance, PK Subban is one of one of the best athletes I've ever seen off the ice. Mm-hmm. He's one of the most genuine people. I mean, he you hate him, you hate to play against him on the ice, but I I find it very hard to find another person who does as much off the ice and, as him. You know, he's definitely up there. He's donated to hospitals. He's They've built wings on hospitals with money that he's donated. I mean, this guy is awesome, and he is somebody that everybody should look up to, regardless of whether or not you're white or black or whatever. You know, he, he is a type of person that you can feel great that he's a player that is fun to watch but also a great guy off the ice. I mean, there's a lot of athletes that aren't that way, aren't – the greatest people off the ice but i think that you have these great role models and they're speaking up and it's it's really cool 
Yeah, it's it's uh it's it's inspiring. It makes me it motivates me, and uh, it's I think it's starting a conversation we all need to have, and it's starting yep. it at a time where there is uh you know, a bit of a light at the end of a tunnel. What does this do? I think a lot of what of what we're gonna talk today as we, as we dig out of this and we dig into what it specifically looks like for the two franchises of this podcast, we, you know, we get to see what. Like we got a, I got a glimpse of it today. I watched the golf match today, and I watched. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I watched a NASCAR race, and they all have messages about it. And so when you get basketball and hockey and even baseball, and I mean I don't know, screw screw the NFL. This this all could have. <laughs> God, please put give Kaepernick a job. Uh, you know, with these, you just get to. See, I just think sports are great for humankind, and if we can work in listening and hearing out people of color into bringing this all back and, and showing how unified we can be in ways just that there still is work to be done. It's just, it's, it's going to be a nice positive. I think this really can gear up to make when sports come back a very hugely positive thing for America. Yeah. And with that being said, I mean, sports I think are going to be coming back somewhat sooner than we thought. Um, yeah, I think that the the NHL and the NBA are both looking to start their training camps around July 10th. Yep. Um, yep. So, which is I, uh, I mean, two weeks or about 20 days for the NBA. The NBA, I saw, they said uh, we we want to come back on the third. The, their first plan was the 31st, and then Woj tweeted out they're looking for a slightly earlier date. The thirtieth. The thirtieth. <laughs> yeah, dude. I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, at this point, I don't really even. Days blend closer. together, so that'll be probably the same day for me by then. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> great, sick. Um, yeah, no. So they're supposed to be, they're supposed to be coming back to training camps around July 9th through through the eleventh. I think is the hopeful start date. Uh huh. Um. And then I was reading an interesting article about um, about the NBA, and it basically it said something like, the NBA has been working to make clear to players that the actual commitment of time for most teams in Orlando may be less daunting than originally perceived, especially uh, once seen in the context of timetables constructed into the league's revised schedule. So you have a lot of players, believe it or not, that don't want to come back yeah. because they're afraid of the risk or... Matt Whatever Barnes, it may be. yeah. Matt Barnes said that there's several that he knows on both the Lakers and Clippers, and you're talking about two of the top three, I think, championship favorites, right? Uh, especially with arrested LeBron, um, and we, we've known where LeBron stands. I mean, he he's been saying since people were saying cancel the season a month into this pandemic, he's been saying, I haven't heard anyone say that. Why are people saying that? None of right. no one I know wants to cancel the season, um, which is almost like Jordan esque of him. Uh, but yeah, he, 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 I think he really thinks he's got a shot at another crown and he, I'm sure he'd do anything to make sure that's, that's the case. Who, so I this can't blame was the him. other thing. This was the other thing that was intriguing to me. What, uh, it was, you know, a, a statement from the commissioner basically said, 14 of the 22 teams invited to the Disney World bubble will be eliminated within 53 days of arriving. Right. I mean, I think six, teams six of them will be in within two weeks. It says those six teams eliminated after the eight regular season games and play-in tournament 
would head home even sooner, likely around 35 to 40 days. That even sounds long to me. Eight games in 30 days? No. That doesn't make sense. Eliminate it after the eight regular season games and and, and the play-in tournament. So that's the eight games plus the play-in tournament. Oh, uh, so everyone like everyone gets a shot at the play-in? I don't know. It's it's because my understanding was it was I thought it was for the uh, for the NBA, and I've just honestly after reading it for two weeks, I just finally understand what the hell the NHL is doing. Like it right. took me yeah. so long to understand that. Um, but with the NBA, what I thought it was is basically they said there's eight more regular season games, and then they made it 22, not arbitrarily. But because in the Western Conference, in eight games, there was five teams that could make that eight seed. And in the Eastern Conference, there was only one, which was the Wizards. I thought that was it. So I, I don't know. Maybe there still is this other play-in for seeding. But I thought we were just going to sort it out with that. So now, yeah. so now I don't know. Now this sounds even more interesting, the, but also a little, a little more... Confusing? Oh, well, definitely confusing, but off the beaten path of a regular season. I mean, the eight games I get is like buttoning it. NHL's doing their thing because they're like, we're essentially starting the playoffs right away. Eight right. games really isn't technically starting the playoffs right away. That's about 10% of the season. Right. So the last part of this that I read was there will be four teams left by day 67, and the conference finals will end after the 82nd day of the resumed season. So, I mean, I know I'm throwing numbers out there and it's starting to sound a little bit confusing, but, I mean, they're basically saying that this will be over, like, within 100 days. Because it, con- it says the conference finals will end after the 82nd day of the resume schedule. Resume season. So, I don't know. It's definitely not... It, I, also, once we get these things back, it's going to fly by, too. Yeah. Like, we're finally going to be over. Sports. Yeah. I'm so excited so, for that. I mean, I mean I'm going to be, like, drunk off of sports constantly. I'm, I'm already watching stuff I've never really watched. Um I'm super hyped about it, but I'm also like, like the nerd in me is so much more excited for the fact that like the finals end and I mean, now it's anyone's game and you know, would be great if the Celtics win, but I will, I, even if the Celtics win a championship, I will still be so ecstatic that three days later is the NBA draft. It's just, it's <laughs> so fun to me. My favorite, like, cause like, as I think it's been for a lot of us, like the best part about basketball recently, and I think hockey's found ways to stretch it out a little bit too, but mostly basketball has just been like. Oh, the off season! Like these reporter, these beat reporters, and these ESPN national reporters, and everyone, and these insiders—they all complain about how they don't get a summer anymore. Someone will drop the biggest news on July Fourth, you know, like the Paul George trade and the Sagan trade. Yeah, like it's just like they like they don't get vacations or anything anymore because like those sports dominate the summer with their off season, and it's just so fun. And then like the December first start update for the NBA. I think that's a nice turnaround. It all sounds very clean cut. Now, what I think you and I are going to get into a good amount is how does the pandemic affect this if it starts infiltrating, which feels inevitable in, in at least a small way. Yeah, see, so so that was one of the things that I read about the NHL because, I, you know, I did some research on this stuff over the last week because I just need to understand it because I don't or I didn't. And basically the NHL has previously stated something about the players will be tested for COVID-19 on a daily basis. So I don't, you know, it's also hard because I, I, I thought that they were going to be completely isolated from family, from anybody. 
like uh, from aside from teammates you know obviously they're all going to stay in the same hotel but what about the people that are feeding them and what about the people that are bringing them their food and you know how does this work what if they got it somehow yeah you know do you do you lose a player like Jalen brown for the series or for the season or do you lose chara for your series or your season or you know what happens if it if it starts ravaging through the the locker rooms right because we have no proof if you're contagious if you're asymptomatic right. they're starting to think if you're asymptomatic it's less likely that you're contagious but there's no science on that so you have marcus and smart who by- had it early on right and who knows if he would have spread it to anyone rudy gobert had it early on and only donovan mitchell got it and they were all in close contact donovan mitchell got it it's not because him and rudy were hanging out being buds or like held hands for a bit he yeah. like they like there's 12 other guys in the 14 player locker room as, uh, on top of dozens of personnel and coaches who did not get it but we have no way of knowing so i think it's an automatic shutdown when you test positive because there's no advanced science even in a a upper economy that can sh- prove if someone's contagious or not when they have it so i got to right. imagine you're shut down cuz that's the problem it's like if you if you get tested every day and on the third day you have it you could have had it on the first day and the damage is done you already passed it to somebody else right i mean just being within the locker room stalls like next to one another lacing up your skates or whatever or you guys use the same tape i don't, I don't know you know because now they're also saying you may not be able to get it from touching things yeah I, I it doesn't live on I'm surfaces not... as long anymore Right. It's just like it's 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 starting to change the same way that, you know, it's like every year coffee's good or bad for you or red wine, right. <laughs> like whatever. I'm just, it's just I'm it's just moving like examples. the it's yeah, it's just moving like the wind, which it's going right. to cuz especially with all especially cuz it's global and with all the different science institutions studying it and so on and so forth. It's just like when you're a league, you have to boil it down and and pick you have to you have to define ultimatums because ultimately throughout the country w- with what we're seeing with opening up across the board on a societal level there's double standards like no matter what there's a double standard somewhere along the line so i got to imagine it's just like testing 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 and you you are out until you te- like they either do the window or they just test you every day until they think you don't have it anymore see now here's what i worry about and i am partially joking when I say this, but partially not. What if, say, Washington is in, they're about to go to the finals, and Ovi gets it. Do you think that there's a chance that they try to cover it up? Just, just, for, just for the sake of conversation. So you're about to lose your captain and your best player for the rest of the season. I got to imagine that's not p- team testing. I don't think there's yeah. going to be a buddy system. I got to imagine yeah. like it's league. That that's a league cover up if there's a cover up. I'm not going right. to put a cover up past anyone in anything. But right. cuz you don't know how people feel about this. And it's on such an individual level like with what we were just talking about how some players don't even want to play and you're not even going to find right. out who they are until they're not there anymore. Like I mean cuz that's something that that cripples your league. Like say that comes out, you they find out that at the very end of it it ended up going through the entire Washington Capitals team, and whoever they were playing against ended up getting it too. And come to find out, you know, two months down the road, Ovechkin had it. They let him play the rest of the series. I, you know, I don't know because it affects people differently. Maybe he doesn't have the. It, it doesn't affect him super 
badly. I'm just saying this is just a hypothetical situation. Right. I think you with know, like, uh, like basketball seems like the most able to contain because have you ever been where they're playing? Have you ever been to the Disney Wide World of Sports in Orlando? No. It's an insane complex. Has fields and stadiums for like every sport. Just like huge, but like also Disney Disney run and own. So I think like if Disney can adapt the right protocol, they can kind of make it militant, even with families, even with extended per- personnel. I just think they can widen their bubble, which sure is somewhat of a risk, but I think they can keep it tight. If you want to go out for yeah. the day, we're going to test you if you want to come back. So on and so forth. Do I know if they're instituting this? No. But I believe that they would have the ability to do it because they're at Disney Wide World of Sports. Am I giving way yeah. too much credit to Disney and ABC and ESPN <laughs> here? Probably. However, <laughs> it just seems more likely than we're going to operate out of this stadium. There's so many more loose parts when you're not on a campus, I feel like. And again, I could be reading into absolutely nothing, but there's something about the campus of Disney Wide World of Sports that makes me think that basketball is going to be more able to do this. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you also, I mean, it's not that basketball players aren't close to each other because guarding somebody, I mean, you're right. You're right there. Oh, yeah. I mean, but hockey players, every player bashes into the other player yeah. at least once. You're getting someone's snot the night, on you, you know? when you're friggin' unloading to their chest and the boards. Yeah. And I'm going to be very interested to see. I mean, I, I saw the regulation, or not regulations, but the rules that NHL supposedly will be putting out um, for when play does resume. And I'll be interested to see if that's actually what they go with. Like, if if the official rules come out, no spitting. Everybody's wearing a, a, a fishbowl helmet, basically. Uh, people on the hash marks have to be six feet away. The only people that can be close to each other are on the face-off. Because that's going to ruin the whole game. I think there's no. I th- I think with that, like it's what I've seen with golf. Like I watched Peyton Manning and Tiger play Brady and uh, Mickelson, and they were like kind of doing it, kind of wearing masks, like kind of fist bumping from afar and whatever. And then today with the PGA, it looks like they just tested everybody on the course, and so people were just acting normally. And I think with what you when you wheel it out and you you run it out you make it sound a lot more safer than it is. And then I think when it gets to it, it's just ultimately it's going to be as close to the same game as possible. You might see personnel with masks and stuff like that. But, like, the alterations of the game, I don't know if they're just, like, a tactic to get the the wheels like the wheels going or, wh- or what the case is. But, like, I just uh, – here's my biggest thing. I don't want to see two minutes for spitting, even if it's a third offense. Like, the, right. let's not create new penalties and use the same season. Start those rules next year or something. And also, NHL, you're the ones who said 24 teams. None of right. us were pleading for it. Like, well, I mean, I'm sure there were fan bases somewhere. But it's just like, I don't know. I just don't I don't want to see these new, new penalties for the way the world is now in the middle of an old season. I mean, and you're I, already I don't have a solution, losing, I guess, but you're – you're already losing a major part of your game by not having fans. And I understand why they're not having fans. I'm not saying that they're choosing to do it this way. Right. So it, there's a reason that they're doing it because they have to. But you can't change the rules of the game. If you're testing for COVID-19 every single day, just you, you have to let them play. Yeah. Because here's the not thing. If you let them play, he what's can, the point? He can, at that point, if the guy spits or not, what do you, if he's there, someone's going to get it. The spitting doesn't right. matter. So if the, if you're testing, who, why do you care about spitting? It's like it's like, you know, they have to fall in that exact spot that they spit 
and it needs to get on them, and then they need to, it, a whole chain of events has yeah. to happen. And guess what? If someone got it from someone else doing a face-off player, when they didn't even bump into each other. It wasn't even a right. tie-up, and he got it. It's just it's right. stupid to start. It like it goes back to what I was saying a few minutes ago. It's the double standard. Like that's just a that's a stupid double standard. Like because right. like it's just like you've t- you've tested everyone. If you're afraid of this guy spitting, then you didn't test him well enough, and he shouldn't be Here's on the, the ice to begin thing. with. Here's the other thing. If they're spitting, you know, if somebody's doing it as what they think is a joke, I, I kind of picture Marshan just to get into somebody's head. You know, Marshan's going to spit near, in someone's face, and he's going to get no, 10 games. He spits near them. Yeah. We all know that's not a funny joke at this at this point. Right. So that's a penalty no matter what. I mean, you're doing it maliciously, and even though you think it's a joke, that's still a, a unsportsmanlike conduct right there absolutely so that's a penalty right so and that's and that's well deserved but if you're sitting on the bench you watch these guys they're sitting on the bench and they spit it just is a habit for them and also it just is a thing like i mean try watching a baseball game and and don't see somebody spit (laughs) dip or not they're spitting yeah exactly so you know if you're going to test everybody then test them and let them play yeah these other rules make it sound like you're trying to cover your ass. And, like, listen, there's no covering your ass. If you're a green light to a certain extent, you got a green light. We can't and social that's why distance sports. People. We can open right. restaurants and have people sit apart. There's things that are doing that they're saying that you're less likely to spread disease. There's no form of bringing these sports back and making it less likely that you're going to spread disease. Down to golf. I'm gonna. I swear to God, this will be the last time I bring golf up. But down to golf, where like it's just like they, it's a, it's him and a caddy. The caddy's gonna hand him the clubs. Like like people have to touch. It's right. The people, the, the official's gonna touch the pin on one hole. Then he has to travel the team. The other official's gonna touch the same pin. It's just like you gotta trust your testing, because the like, you can advertise. You can try to show how social distancing we are off the f- floor and like whatever. Another double standard. Another like BS thing. The, the reason the country's starting to open up in ways which aren't necessarily working in many places is because they're implementing ways for social distancing to halt the spread of disease. There is no way to do that in any major sport, except for NASCAR, I think. And even I mean, then, but even then, there's no, pit crews. No, you can't. The pit crew. Yeah. yeah. So, no. There, there's no way to do that in any single major sport. So, just... I don't know if it's for song and dance, but if you really think you're going to implement these things, get over it, get off of it, and just recognize that you guys are just wheeling this out and rolling the dice. Do the most you can to be preventative before people hit the ice is, I think, the most we can all ask for. I mean, you like, if they're not playing, if they're playing, they're up against other people, they're going to get it if the, if somebody has it. So if you try to say... Well, if you're off the ice or if you're off the court, you need to be social distancing from your team. That's BS. No, I mean, that doesn't. Go into yeah. the locker room, you're going to be near them. You can't make a game pl- like Brad Stevens can't be screaming across six feet to every single player what the play is. That gives away the whole game plan to the other team. Yeah. Especially when there's no fans in there and they can hear everything. Yeah. What are we going to start so passing like, sticky notes down the bench? Like. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Playing no, telephone? because then somebody will touch it. Yeah. Right. Everybody oh, has to right. touch that. God. <laughs> I'm going to send you a text of the play that we're going to run. It's tying my brain in knots. Every player has their phone. (laughs) No, everybody has an earpiece in. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, Yeah, it's just like, just roll it out and own it. Like, we, just like, there's, I mean, if you, 
there's ways to cut down. It's just I think it's it doesn't start on the it doesn't start on the quarter field. And if you think it does there, then we're we're pretty quickly going to find out this isn't going to fly. But yep. we're seeing people who have st- fired stuff back up. Korean baseball's gone. German soccer's been going for weeks. Golf's gone a few times now. It's oh, like, there's golf again. Yeah, we are officially a golf podcast. Now. All right. Well, the XFL <laughs> got killed, so someone needs to be third. Oh, man. Um, Norm Chow, I hope you're doing well. Um, he was offensive coordinator for the uh, LA Wildcat. Um, I just, just if you're gonna stop, you're gonna stop before the field, and you can't implement anything on the field. You can you can make reporters wear masks. You can make beat writers wear masks. Fans aren't and in that's the stadium. Fair. All of that's fair. Yeah. But also sit them far away because clearly they weren't right. tested. Just don't do it for show. Or if the or like you know I don't know because obviously the, if we're if we're this close testing must be somewhat relied upon now. I know there was questions early on, but at this point testing must somewhat be reliable at this point. I just said at this right. point again. At this point. At this point. And then also at this <laughs> point. But so if you don't trust your test, I just like. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you need to have someone wear a mask to normalize someone watching at home. Be like, oh, the beat reporters wear a mask. Maybe I should. I don't know. But like, dude, just you're the best you can do is prevent the stadium. You can prevent it from getting in the stadium. It's not if it's going to cross in there, it's going to cross in there. And if it got through, that's because you didn't do something at the gate. I'm just I just this altering the no spitting, no this, no that. It's just like, give me a break, dude. What is that really doing? Yeah. I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. I mean, this is a completely new territory for everybody. I mean, players, fans, coaches, everybody. Definitely, it definitely is. Even though I, you know, early on in this, in the pandemic, in the pandemic era of balcony chatter, I spoke about how I don't think it should be an asterisk year. I think that was only a few weeks ago, even. But I think yeah. in, inevitably, with these with these plan to return, it, it is it is going to be an asterisk. Well, I mean, hopefully, uh, I I have some thoughts on the Bruins, um, see, this whole seeding thing. I know we've talked about it a little bit, but let's get into that on the next episode yeah. because hopefully we will have some more information on when, you know, we're, we seem to be getting new information, I, I'll say weekly on some of the leagues here about what's going to happen or how they're going to roll out the next phase and this and this and this, so... We'll talk about that on the next episode. Um, you know, thank you guys for listening. Uh, please, you know, do everything that you can and to stay safe out there. We love all of you. Um, educate yourself. Do all that. Um, don't don't let up on what's going on out there. Listen to your, listen to your people. We're all American. Yeah. Let's let's do the best we can for everybody. Yep. All right, man. We'll talk next week about more, uh, hopefully, more updates on sports stuff. And um, stay safe in L.A. Yeah, man. Well, as of Friday, uh, which is tomorrow over here, well, while you're listening, as of today on the podcast, <laughs> uh, you know, professional sports teams can start playing in California. So I, I, I might start a team of something. I don't know. I might get something going. You should. Yeah. I was thinking about it. <clears throat> I'll be a virtual coach. All right, dude. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get you a big iPad with a loudspeaker. Nice. Yeah, that'll be good. Uh, oh, yeah. Also, real quick, shout out to Stretch. Yeah. New, mu- new music video. Music video for the um, song of our intro. Yep. 
uh, we will I, actually we posted the link or we posted the video on Instagram, but I know we'll be posting it again because always shout out to Stretch. Always shout out to Stretch, whether we say it or not. It's it's redundant. It's not redundant. It's obvious. <laughs> you should know yep. it. You should know it. Play us out. All right. <laughs>